0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Tim McMaster talking Boston Red Sox baseball with MLB.com Red Sox reporter Ian Brown. The hot stove season is here. Dave Dombrowski hasn't wasted any time getting busy, Ian. But let's start with the biggest story around Boston and with the Red Sox. David Ortiz announcing that he will... Call it a career at the end of the 2016 season, and maybe the most interesting thing about this decision is the way it came about when he makes the announcement via the Players Tribune, Derek Jeter's website. Were you surprised about the way this all came about and and how David chose to make the announcement?
1: No, I wasn't terribly surprised the way it came out, just because, look, um, David wrote a lengthy piece for the Players uh, Tribune back in March about uh, he wanted to get the record straight about performance-enhancing drugs and how he thought he was sort of given a raw deal in that whole thing and you know he kind of explained his side of the story so he's obviously comfortable in this forum and I just think it's becoming more commonplace for athletes today to sort of uh, you know they want to get the stories out on their terms and you know this was something that uh, David wanted to put out on his 40th birthday that he plans on retiring after the 2016 season I think the bigger surprise. Um, here in Red Sox land was just that he's already made this decision that he doesn't want to play, you know, after 2016. Because usually when a guy like David Ortiz has a year like he has in 2015 where he had 37 homers and 108 RBIs, you say, okay, i got to see how, how long I can keep playing like this. You know, and uh, so I think it was eye-opening to people that they thought, you know, maybe David's uh, losing some of that edge to play the game of baseball. And maybe, like he said, he's, you know, itching to get to that – Next chapter, he said life is about chapters, and, you know, he's ready to do the next one, and maybe some of it's because, look, he's already won three championships. He hit his 500th home run. uh, He's done just about everything you could accomplish on a personal level or a team level. So really, what more is there for him to do? And I think it says something about David that, look, David wants to go out while he's still a feared slugger. He doesn't want to be one of these guys that hangs on a year or two. Um, too long. So, you know, I, I think it's good that, that David has made this decision and can just sort of soak in this final year.
0: I know he's talked a lot about how it gets harder and harder for him every year to get ready with, with his age, obviously, getting up there. And, and now that he's a month into the off season, I wonder if that had something to do with it. But one thing I think we're going to get from this is maybe not on the grand scale of Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera, but in some way there's going to be a farewell tour. And I know in the past he said he didn't want that but you got to believe he's going to get it, right?
1: Yeah, you would have to think that David Ortiz is going to get recognized by a lot of teams. Now, is it going to be every single team um, like it was with Jeter with or, or Mariano? Rivera? not sh- quite sure yet that it's going to be at that level. And I don't think David demands it at that level either. I think, you know, maybe when we get late in the season and they're playing teams you know, in the AL East or teams that he has a certain history with or whatever, uh, maybe you'll see something there. So we're just going to have to kind of see – Uh, you know, how it shakes out and what, uh, you know, I think David will help drive the bus a little bit here, too. But certainly, I think a lot of people already have October 3rd, um, 2016 uh, or October 2nd, I should say, circled on their calendar uh, for David Ortiz's last regular season game with the Red Sox at Fenway Park um, against the Toronto Blue Jays. I think that's going to be a tough ticket to get uh, in the city of Boston. It's going to be an emotional day. We've seen some great uh, goodbyes over the years. Uh, People still talk about Carly Stromsky's farewell weekend in 1983 and i think david's kind of on the same
0: level as what he's meant to the red sox yeah that week, weekend i actually remember that being one of kind of my first baseball memories not to age myself or anything but <laughs> all right let's let's look at ortiz one last question about poppy and and the career he's had with the red sox all the all-star games the three world series titles that you mentioned uh where does he fit as far as all-time red sox
1: yeah, you know, I think you, you still have to put Ted Williams as the all-time greatest Red Sox. You look at, like, the guy hit 400. He won triple crowns, uh, just a larger-than-life guy. Uh, you know, he it was a different playoff system back then. You know, Ted might have been in some more postseasons if, you know, there was a wild card like there is in today's day and age. So even though he doesn't have the championships, I still think you have to put him as the greatest Red Sox of all time. I think right now you'd probably put David Ortiz number two. When you look at the whole body of work, And what this guy did in October, what he did during the season to really um, lead the way for three different world championship teams, the first three the Red Sox have had since 1918, and just what he's meant to the city from a community standpoint, uh, the kind of teammate he's been, and just the production year in and year out. I, I would say Ted Williams first, and then David Ortiz.
0: It's certainly going to be a fun year with David Ortiz going out, and and hopefully for Red Sox fans, they hope he can go out on top of the game. But let's move on to the hot stove season now. And David Dombrowski, as we said in the intro, wasted no time Starting to put this 2016 roster together. He trades four prospects to the San Diego Padres, and they get Craig Kimbrell. And when you're talking about closers in baseball, other than a role, this Chapman maybe a little bit better? Craig Kimbrell is right there as one of the top, top arms in the ninth inning.
1: Yeah, you know, I was actually talking to an old friend of mine. I used to cover Kurt Schilling yesterday on the phone, and, you know, he was saying that, you know, yeah, he thinks that Kimbrell is the second-best closer in baseball, really, and he, after Chapman. And he said that, look, the guy has perfect mechanics. He reminded Schilling of, of John Smoltz back when he was closing and uh, you know a little bit of Pappelbaum when Pappelbaum was really at the top of his game in Boston. So, uh, yeah, look, I think Craig Kimbrel is going to come in and make a huge impact on this Red Sox team. I think the adrenaline of pitching in Boston is really going to uh, take his game maybe even to a level it hasn't been yet. And, you know, they gave up four prospects, but, uh, you know, I think that a lot of Red Sox fans will, will take that deal and they'll like what Dombrowski did to really upgrade this team.
0: Let's talk about the prospects, though. You're right. I think most people would say, hey, we got Craig Kimbrell. That's a great get, and whatever you have to give up. But the fact is, they gave up some top, top prospects. Manuel Margot is now the Padres' number 1 prospect. Javier Guerra is now the Padres' number 3 prospect. And then there's a lot of upside with A. Asuahe, and then Logan Allen is a left-handed pitcher. Is there an argument to be made that maybe the Red Sox gave up too much to get Kimbrel?
1: No, I don't think so, because to get an arm like Craig Kimbrell with three years of salary control, you're going to have to give up a big package. And look... Um, you look at the fact that they traded Manuel Margot and Javier Guerra, You're looking at a center fielder and a shortstop right here. Um, and the Red Sox have Ruki Betts in center field. You know, he's this guy is 23 years old. You have Xander Bogart at shortstop, 23 years old. These guys both certainly seem like stars in the making, and they're not going anywhere for the next four or five years. I think they have both guys under contract. Um, I think they, they have Bogart under, you know, under their control for another four years. They have they have Betts under their control for another five years. So these guys are going to be here for a while. So I think they they traded from a position of strength. The farm system is still in good shape, so I, I like the deal a lot.
0: What about what this deal means for really the rest of the bullpen? Because, yeah, you have Kimbrell in the ninth, and that's great. But then when you think about Koji Uihara in the eighth and then Tazawa in the seventh, that makes it look even better.
1: Yeah, you know, you throw in those three guys, and then you have a Robbie Ross who was pretty good, kind of underrated last year. And, uh, you know, you have the you know, a young kid named Matt Barnes, who they, he sort of bounced back a little bit between rotation and bullpen. They made up their minds so, that, look, Matt Barnes is going to be a reliever. Uh, that's another guy who throws 95-plus. So you can suddenly have a, you know, a bullpen with quite a few arms that, that can get the job done out there. So I think that uh, the Red Sox bullpen figures so to be a lot stronger. You just hope that Koji, at the age of 41, can still get it done uh, you know, for another year. It's the last year on his contract and certainly I think they did a good job shutting Tozawa down early last year when they weren't in the pennant race, gave some bullets for him. So, yeah, I think the Red Sox bullpen is definitely going to trend way upward uh, for for 2016.
0: The big hole still there for the Red Sox as this hot stove season continues is obviously starting pitching and and getting that ace, and Dombrowski has said that's a main objective is to bring in an ace. We know the names that are out there, David Price, Zach Greinke, Jordan Zimmerman, Johnny Cueto, that's like that – that top tier, I guess, and then there's a second tier after that. There's so many options available in this particular offseason. If you had to rank those big guns as far as how the Red Sox would rank them on their board, how would you put it? Who Who's their number one choice that they'd like to get above anyone else?
1: Yeah, that's my surprise. Some people, I think, it's got to be Greinke. I think you go Granky 1, uh, Price 2, Cueto 3, and Zimmerman 4. Um and I, I just think that Greinke is the best overall pitcher, the most dominant pitcher of this group. know, I think that, you know, Greinke, you're going to you give away a, a draft pick for him, sure, 12th pick in the draft. But for a guy like Zach Greinke, uh, who can do what he does with the baseball, I think that it, it would be worth it. I, I like David Price a lot, but, uh, you know, he does have the postseason. Um, he's had some struggles in the postseason. But, yeah, Price would be a great uh, uh, B option. Um, Quay, though, I think – another nice option. He likes David Ortiz a lot. He likes Hanley Ramirez. He has some Dominican connection there, but um, a little shaky going to Kansas City. And Zimmerman, I really like Jordan Zimmerman as a pitcher, but is he a guy you give up the 12th overall pick in the draft for? I'm not sure he's quite at that caliber. Um, he had about a 360 R.A. in the National League last year. Is that just a down year, or is that a sign that he's uh, you know not what he was a couple years ago? So that's how I rank them. I think that the Red Sox would be thrilled to get any of those four guys, but uh, my personal preference pecking order is that is uh, probably the top guy on their wish list.
0: Of course, with Price, they wouldn't have to give up the draft pick, but probably a longer deal, right? If you sign Granky, you're thinking, how many years do you think Granky ends up getting as opposed to Price? I think Price had, probably in the six-year range.
1: Yeah, I think Price gets six years. I think mean, maybe Granky get him at less years, but you get, you know, the AAV is going to be way up, and I think the Red Sox might be more inclined just shoot for the moon on average annual value and not have as, as extended a commitment as you would with a David Price and maybe you know Jake ranking for four years, you know somewhere along those lines and you know the price is going to be high <laughs> but uh, you know the Red Sox you know they'll see if they if they can get the money. Every indication is this team is sick of finishing in last place as they've done the last two years and they might be a little more aggressive this year than, than a typical winter.
0: There's not a lot of other holes when you look at this team, although there there is the Hanley Ramirez situation of what exactly do you do with Hanley? I, I guess the, the thought is to move him to first base. Obviously that was the idea late in last season. Um, it's also, they'd like him to trim down, right? They'd like him to get a little thinner, maybe a little more athletic.
1: Yeah. Hanley is working hard this off season. I believe I've heard that he's already trimmed down a little bit um, he's you know, he, he really, the team wants him to be more athletic. I think Hanley, since Hanley moved to left field this year, I think, last year, I think he had the idea, look, the Red Sox want me to be Manny Ramirez and hit 40 homers and drive in 120. So I think Hanley took it to an extreme, and he chose bulk over athleticism, and it just didn't translate well. I and mean, He didn't hit like he has in the past. Dombrowski said, look, go back to being athletic, the guy who can give us 40 doubles, the guy who can steal 20 bases, and, you know, hit 20 home runs, that's fine. Be that guy. Um, So that's what they want him to do this winter, and uh, I think it's this assumption that the Red Sox are desperately trying to trade Hanley Ramirez, but I just don't see the value there right now. I think they're better off trying to uh, see what they can get from him, see if they can get a motivated Hanley Ramirez and get him to play first base this year, and then after 2016, look, that DH spot is going to be open when David Ortiz leaves. So, you know, maybe Hanley does have some value left of this Red Sox team.
0: One final note, Ian, it is awards season, November in baseball, and as for the Red Sox, obviously none of them up for the for the big awards, MVP or, or Cy Young or anything like that, but Xander Bogarts does win his first Silver Slugger at shortstop. You got to see him uh, all year long and his entire career. How much of a step did he take in 2015?
1: Vanderbilt has took a huge step for the Red Sox in every way, um, offensively and defensively last year, where he was just so inconsistent the year before, and he was so consistent, especially at the plate this past year. And on defense, his first step quickness greatly improved, and it was evident from the first day of spring training, and really you saw it play out all year, where just, uh, you know, I don't know, if I've never seen too many guys improve that much on I mean, both sides, you know, offensively and defensively over one year. And like I said earlier, he's 23 years old, so there's a whole lot of excitement about, uh, you know, about Andrew Bogart and what, what he's going to be for the Red Sox going forward. He lost the gold glove this year, uh, but, you know, he came in second. But, you know, there should be some, some gold gloves in his future.
0: It's been an exciting start to the hot stove season for the Red Sox. I'm sure it will continue with the winter meetings just a couple of weeks away. You've been listening to Red Sox Extras on MLB.com. Ian, we'll talk to you again next week.